She's passionate about helping you become the best mama you can be and is pulling back the curtain on experts' advice for every area of our lives, from eating for wellness, the best advice for littles, fashion and style, and everything in between. Get ready to get real. This is Not Your Mama's Podcast with your host, Christina Franci. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of Not Your Mama's Podcast. The title of this episode is Unlock Your Total Potential When It Comes to Family Growth and Culture. In this episode, we are speaking with Cole Bershback, who is the co-founder of Total Potential, Unbeatable Mind Coach, Registered Dietitian, and a Yoga Instructor. Total Potential is about creating a culture of growth and wellness for the whole family, no matter the circumstances. Jake and Cole share tools, practices, and tactics. Cole, thank you so much for coming on. Jake is your brother, correct? He is, yes. My much bigger but younger brother. (laughs) Oh, I love that. I have the same thing. My brother's bigger and younger. Um, But Cole, you know, I'm so excited to have you on. I think having great family culture and a sense of, you know, cohesiveness in the family is so important, uh, especially for the kids. Can you give the audience a little bit more about your background and how you got to where you are today before we dive into today's amazing topic? Yeah. So my background has been a windy road through all things health and wellness that finally landed on family because family kept being the thing that the sensation of whether or not things were going right for me always landed back to that. Like, do I feel good as a mother? Do I feel good as a wife? Do we feel happy? Like it just, everything came back to that. I didn't care what house I lived. I didn't care where in the country I lived. Like those things just didn't matter. And so, yeah, I mean, I started out as a registered dietitian. I worked in hospitals for many years before I was at home with the kids. Um, I had a fairly traumatic life-changing event that sort of really sent me down the rabbit hole of committing to seeing what the purpose of this life really is. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that between that, those informative events that happened early in life. And then my brother and I were having this conversation around family wellness. Like, yeah, we want to be on this path of self-development. We want to be doing the things that help us and our families be better, but everything we found was like, the things you do in spite of your family, like you're at the gym for three hours. Okay. Well, who the heck's with the kids? If I'm at the gym for three hours every day. Right. And so these things were just clashing over and over again. And so we decided, well, if it's not there for people, let's create the resources in the thought process. And you know, this, this way of approaching family where you're not getting better despite your family, but you're getting better because of your family. So that's how we got here. And they're on the journey with you. Exactly. of self-development. And it's also a teaching thing. I've heard somewhere things aren't taught, they're caught. Hmm. I love that. So it's like, they are just catching what you're doing. You know, like you're not teaching them. They're just mimic. They're just seeing exactly how you are, you know, working out all these things like your life choices. And I think it's important to include the family because you are right. A lot of the self-development stuff is just me, 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 mm-hmm. like only yourself, but it's like, Hey, well, we got the family too. Let's all be on the path together. Yeah. And the opportunity that arises from starting to see the family through that lens that you're co-creating 
what the amazingness of life is going to be. It's happening together yeah. and there's more available for everybody. Right. And N of one is interesting. Yeah. I might do something with my life, but when my husband and I do to get, do that same activity or that follow that same path together, it's exponential. It's not now there's two people. It's the ripple effect is getting bigger and bigger. And so you take a family of four or five, six people and that ripple becomes huge. It's not just, you know, you and yourself. What if you have like a family member that's like, like, you know, apprehensive of like doing these things, you know, like you want this for the family, you have ideas, you have goals, like you want to make it more, I don't know, cohesive, I guess, or just like all learning together and bonding. Like, how do you encourage someone who's like kind of a little bit more stubborn? Yeah, I think. I mean, to me, this is a superpower in many domains, but especially in the one that you're speaking to, which is that if you can have curiosity about what it is that's happening for the other person mm -hmm. and absolutely no judgment, because if you looked at my life 10, 15 years ago, it's super different than it is now. My beliefs are different. The way I run my life is different. And to think that any one of us is going to line up on this path, you know, as if, Da, da, da. all of a sudden we're just doing all the same things together. That's mm -hmm. really rare. And so if you can just have that space of curiosity of what is interesting to you, is it in the spiritual domain that you are really excited and have an interest in growth? Or is it that you have an interest in the physical domain where you want to start working out or you have a sport you're interested mm -hmm. in trying because growth happens in all these different ways. Mm -hmm. It's not just the one thing that we're focused on. Yeah. So curiosity becomes a superpower for that avenue to explore together. And, you know, it's really exciting actually to think if my husband or one of my kids is really into something else, I'm also going to catch from them, right? Yeah. I'm going to learn from what they're pursuing. And so it's not less, it's actually more if we're potentially doing different things. Totally. So kind of going into a little bit more of like the topics and stuff like that, how can we balance work, family and self-care? Mm. So my favorite thing ever to create the opportunity to still do all the things that you want to do and be realistic that this is real life and there's a lot going on. My favorite, favorite thing are um, spot drills. So if I, let's say I have a breath practice that I like to use, but maybe I don't have 20 minutes to sit down and use it. Well, can I use that breath practice and stay linked to my breath while I write my next email or while I do my workout or while I cook in the kitchen, right? Like, so put stacking these things on top of each other. Mm -hmm. So, and they actually become a really beautiful practice and a way to be more mindful in the moment. So stacked practices are super powerful. They can fit into large and small spaces and get a lot done at one time. So those are a fave. I think there's a real opportunity for us to ask for help. Yeah. We do all the things. And I guess the question is why, right? If we gain awareness around that, we might learn a little bit about ourselves. But if we consider the family a team, mm -hmm. every team gets, every player on the team gets to have a role and our children want to be part of the team. They want yeah. to help. They want to support. And so inviting the men, asking for help. I mean, that's the thing my kids say more than ever. Mom, do you need something? Because they know that that's a weakness of mine, that I'm not one to just hop in and, hey guys, I need something yeah. over here. So just creating that, you know, circle of, hey, what do you got going on? I'm happy to help you. Yeah. 
And then how, what are ways that we can increase connection and peace within the family? Mm. Peace, I think, starts as an internal state. And so Mm. we have to create that in ourselves first, whether that's of emotional work to do and you need to work with a therapist or a coach or somebody that can support you in that. If it's that you absolutely need to burn off steam and um, get your system to de-stress, whether that's, you know, breath and meditation or a workout, whatever it is, um, that internal sense of peace is what bleeds out into the family space and creates peace for everyone else. So it starts at home base. Um, I think there's a lot that we can do with the language that we use for ourselves and with others that shift the dynamic from friction into something very different. Curiosity comes right back into that. Mm -hmm. Um, And that sense of connection, I mean, a huge problem right now is that we're super disconnected from ourselves whether that's because we're always, you know, in engagement with technology or because we, you know, the way we live now is distant from family and maybe distant from friends and other people. We were, you know, COVID didn't help. Things got more and more <laughs> isolated. So if if that isolation and that disconnection from yourself is something you're feeling, you're absolutely going to feel that in the family as well. And I like to get super weird in this department, meaning like, ask your kids some super bizarre question, like just start the process of that. We engage with me not having any assumption about what your answer is going to be. That's a good idea. Right. Because I don't know all of their answers and I have, there's a huge opportunity to learn from them. So creating that connection, I like to start with really weird questions, (laughs) get as funky as possible. And then also always bringing back that physical touch. If, I mean, I have a 15 year old, it's high fives and hugs, and it's different than, you know, holding a baby or really Mm -hmm. having that close physical contact. But that's a huge part of our human connection and it's worth making sure we have every day with each member of our family. Yeah. Um, so what do you do in your family? Do you have like family meetings? Like, do you suggest things like that? What is something that someone can take away today to, you know, just work on the family connection? Yeah. I like to kind of break this into different types of chunks. We have a little bit of a very informal check-in every day at dinner. We call it high-low buffalo. What was your high? What was your low? What was the weird thing that happened? That's the buffalo. So those kind of just regular check-ins where somebody gets to say whatever it is they want. Mm -hmm. But then in like bigger chunks, we'll do different types of check-ins. So at the end of the year, usually I, I like either New Year's Eve or the day before, to sit back and say, Hey, what were your favorite things this year? What do you want to do differently next year? And start to create that conversation of, Hey, what do you do? Like, what can we, how can we make that more? What did you not like? How do we shift from and learn from that? Mm -hmm. So those bigger global conversations. And then a huge thing that we just love in our family has been so important has been individual time with the kids. We have a lot of family time together. It's lovely. It's delightful, but getting the and letting the kid choose the activity that we do for those one-on-one times so that their okay. personality gets to be expressed through that and really find joy in the things that they find joy in. Those are also not a you know weekly or daily practice, but something that's maybe more like a quarterly kind of thing. No, I love that. That's a great idea. Um, giving them the one-on-one time and having them pick something because all the kids are so different. The personalities, like not one kid's going to be the same. I mean, no. it's like, black and white with my two kids. I mean, it's, it's amazing. 
And even with me and my brother, I mean, our personalities are so different. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I practice yoga and my brother practices jujitsu. Like we are about as different as you can be. So yeah, absolutely. So how can we identify patterns that hold us back from living in our deepest, most meaningful, passion-filled life? I think a very big first step there is to really identify where do you feel like you keep falling down? Is there a certain type of interaction that happens in your house that just lights your hair on fire and really gets you? Those are the types of experiences that are just there to give you information. If you didn't have something to uncover that was trying to come to the surface, that thing where the you know plant tipped over and dirt got all over the floor and it felt like your whole system was going to just absolutely explode, that thing would never happen if there wasn't some internal process that it was just trying to reveal to you. So creating awareness around where those trigger points are is just a huge first step. The harder part is now I see it, what do I want to do with it? Mm -hmm. So seeing it is a huge first step for a lot of people. They'll keep tripping over the same thing over and over again until it's like the thing that trips them up every day. Right. Yeah, and like those are hard places to be. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> like doing the same thing over and over again and then expecting the same results. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So putting your eyes on it is the first thing. If there's a pattern that actually feels really good, that's another thing to put your eyes on. Where are the times where the family feels really connected? The family feels Like they just get each other and is working together. What is present there? Is it because you're outside together? Is it because you're celebrating something together? Is it because you had a night off of the, you know, to-do schedule and everyone just got to be home? Starting to identify where the places are that things feel hard and where Mm -hmm. things feel good. How do you want to change the things that feel hard? What do you want to do to amplify the things that feel good? Those are huge places to start. Yeah, no, I think it's good. We just have to have like some self-awareness and like want to have that curiosity to find those answers and, you know, try to understand the surroundings and emotional reactions from kids, dads, moms on, on certain things. So yeah, that's really important. And even to your point about the emotions with the kids, a child's emotion will not bother you at all, regardless of what it is, unless it's showing you something in yourself, right? When your kid laughs, it doesn't, it might make you, it might support you in feeling happy, but you don't hear your child laugh and get all grumpy about it. Right. Yeah. If your child has a certain response and you have a response to their response, it's just shedding light on something for you. No problem. Exactly. So it's a different relationship to the emotional dynamics of the family. Hey friends, I hope you are enjoying this week's episode of Not Your Mama's Podcast. This podcast would not be possible if it wasn't for the support of you, my wonderful community. To support your mama's podcast, please click the support link right down below and you can donate just as little as 99 cents. Also, follow me in the Shop Like to Know It app where you can follow me with all my exclusive content all the way from baby products I love, fashion and style and everything in between. Now let's get back to the episode. Yeah. It's crazy. Cause when we're little, we look at our parents as like, they know everything we're like, they're our idols. But then as like the children grow older, just like from my own experience, you realize, 
oh, they're just learning life just as like we're learning life. They have no idea. Like yeah. they're just, you know, swinging the bat and hope they hit a home run, you know, or just hope they hit the ball. Like, um, and you don't realize that until probably like you get more in like 15, maybe even like 20. It just depends on how advanced yeah. someone's like really their mental state and how much they want to take things in. But yeah, there's a point though in every kid's life where they realize, oh, they're just human too. And they make mistakes and they have their issues and, you know. And I think there's a huge opportunity to start looking at our children differently in that way, in that we, we already, the parents, we already know we don't have all the answers, right? We mm -hmm. know we're just trying by with the, as much love and intention as we have to do our very best. But our children, especially if they're young, they have not been separated from themselves in the same way that we have as adults. Mm -hmm. And so I really like to look at us as at our children as our teachers. What is your child in their wholeness expressing? And how might that actually give you information? Or how might the question, the weird question that you asked and the answer that they shared back, how might that actually be the truth? Because they're not running the script in their head of what is Susie next door going to think about it? And they have none of those filters. So looking at them as our teachers. Yeah. I mean, that really changes the dynamic of the parent child relationship. Yeah. I mean, my sons teach me so much about myself. I mean, I've learned so much more about myself, you know, than I have before them. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know it. <laughs> like what my triggers are like, how can, you know, like, okay, I'm getting mad. Like, how can I just not react this way when I'm frustrated and, you know, just like trying to make me a better person as a whole, like the way I communicate. I mean, I've always been sensitive of people's feelings and stuff, but even more so, you know, Absolutely. so I don't know. It's just, it's life's a learning journey. And it's great like to have people on like you, because we need to be reminded that, you know, we're a whole you know, the family is a whole. And I think it's important to include the family and in, in your spiritual, mental growth and, you know, providing tools that your kids or teens, whatever to participate is really important because like you said, it's all about kind of like yourself, like three hours in the gym, but then who's going to watch the kids? Yeah. You know, there's always those things or, you know, your breathing work, like you don't have time to just go off for 20 minutes. you got to like multitask. You got to do the stack building. Is that, is that what you called it? Yeah. Stacked practices. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's like what, how I do my life. Like I'm like middle of an email, try to take a breath, you know, got dinner cooking in the background. Like, you know, we just, it's just always <laughs> chaos. It's life. Yeah. I know such is life, life. Right. Yeah. Um, so I have four questions that I ask all my guests. And I can't wait to uh, hear your answers. And my first question is, who and what inspires you? Well, for sure, the, my children have been the inspiration of a lifetime. They are, to me, magic. They're so different from one another. And they give me so much motivation to really show up in this life. Because, you know, you hear all the time, you can do anything. Pick, like, pick anything you want to do but no one really shows them how to go and do anything you want to do. And so that gives me a ton of motivation to show up, do hard things, do weird things, like be willing to just experiment and explore to show them you can do absolutely anything. Yeah. 
yeah, like in school, it's like you can be anything you want to be, but you're going to learn all this criteria and you have to, you know, the test taking and there's no like creativity anymore. It's just like indoctrination and and just like teaching things that really aren't important. (laughs) It's like we need math and science, not, you know gender studies for five-year-olds, but anyway, it's a totally <laughs> different thing. And I don't want to go on that topic. But um, anyway, my second question is, what is something you wished you knew when you were younger? Um, I wish I knew I had the courage to just follow my own path. I was a child who was very good at doing the right thing and the thing that was expected. And I could do those things well. And as an adult, that just became very uninteresting to be living somebody else's script. So I wish I had knew, known at a much younger age that if you have the courage to follow your own path, it's going to be pretty special. Perfect. Would have saved that. me like te- at least 10 years of time. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm still like, I'm just starting on that, you know? <laughs> I mean, look at me, I'm like doing a podcast, like- I love it. Totally it's off beautiful. the beaten path. <laughs> Um, so my third question is what's the essential part of your daily routine? So this might be a little bit surprising, but the uh, absolutely essential part of my daily routine is sleep. If I'm not well slept, everything else can go to hell in a handbasket. Like it's just not a good look for me. So (laughs) sleep is the thing I absolutely make a priority, um, past that it's my morning routine and moving my body, training my body in some way every day. Those are my top three, but sleep is like, that's the one that will break the camel's back if it's not right. Yeah. They're like, oh shit, mommy didn't sleep tonight, last night. (laughs) Yeah. Stay out of her way. She's coming down the hall. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, And then my fourth question is best advice you've ever received. Hmm. I think this is the advice that gave me the freedom to really choose something that felt right for me. When I was working in a hospital, I we were living in Chicago. I was working part-time as a dietitian, making almost no money. And after paying for daycare, I think I was making like $50 a month. It was ridiculous. So I decided to stay home with our two young boys. And I worked with a set of um, patients who I saw all the time. So I really got to know these families well. Mm -hmm. And I went to go say goodbye to this one family. And the mom said, you know what? I'm really happy for you. You can have it all, but you can't have it all at once. And I needed that to just release myself from the attachment that I was supposed to be a working person and a great mom and a great wife and, you know, have this job where I was making no money. And it just gave me the freedom to say, you know what, that's true. I, I can have all the things I want. They may not line up in a super linear fashion that makes sense to me, but if I choose the thing I want most that direction will let everything else settle where it's supposed to be. No, that's a great reminder. Um, yeah, you can have it all, but it might not be all at once. Um, no, that's, I really like that. That is a great thing, you yeah. know, cause sometimes it's like, oh my God, I'm not being a good enough wife. And am I being a good enough mom? And I'm not working. Like, who am I? What am I supposed to do? Like, I'm, you know, we get really caught up in all that stuff. So it's, it's good to remind, like, just look at what you have now, you know, and if that is in line with like the things that you want, you know, you just gotta pat yourself on the back for like the little progress, progress that you make here and there. And like, just know that you are going to have everything you want 
in its time. In its time. Absolutely. And the most important things will come, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The house, the car, it's just, it's not that interesting in the end. So where's the thing that's more important than that? Yeah. It's like how you feel when you're all together is what's really important is the family. It's like, are you guys just happy having fun all together? That's all that's really important. It, yeah. All of the other superficial things really don't matter. Yeah. And I can tell you for sure. I mean, so my oldest son is 15 and I think something that's really stood out in the lessons of motherhood that are kind of now just coming true that I see him in this space where he's starting to step into his own is that creating a safe space for our children gives them so much power and confidence as they come into themselves. Mm -hmm. Because even to this day, he knows he can walk through the door and tell me anything. He tells me things that I'm certain most 15 year old boys do not tell their mom, right? Like who's dating who and whatever, whatever. And it's not because he's trying to gossip or anything like that, but he knows that I'm a safe space to come to. So if something lands funny for him, he can always come to me. Yeah, And that was the priority, right? And so Mm -hmm. can I create the space? And if, if my priority in the family, even, you know, trying to have it all had been different than just, I want to show up all the way for you. If I wanted it to look a certain way, if I wanted us to be involved in certain things, that safe space is then very different for him. And so getting clear on the priority within that, I think is a real, yeah. How do we create that like nurturing, loving environment where our kids know exactly who has their back? Yeah. And they feel safe. They're not going to exactly. And they don't want to be scared to like, tell them like, you want them to be able to tell you like, Oh, you know, like mom, like I drank last night and I kind of feel guilty about it or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Like you want them to be able to tell you those things and and not be doing it behind your back. Cause I always feel like it's just a lot more like gut wrench, you know, like, oh yeah, you know, you want to, cause kids get scared to tell their parents. Oh my gosh. They do things they get, behind their back. Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of opportunity. It's an exciting place to explore. And my sense is that everything you're looking for, like if you want to really find the max of that, you don't have to go much farther than your own house to (laughs) find the answer. Yeah. So do you have any last words before we say goodbye today? Um, Thank you so much. And to your audience for listening, I hope this is, you know, a chance to maybe think through what really matters and how it might really matter. What's the question? What's the opportunity? It's just exciting to think about families relating to each other in I love like the title of your podcast is my favorite, right? Because our moms, our moms, I won't speak for your mom, but my mom's version of um, parenting was that we were molding into the machine that was, and God bless my mom. She's the sweetest thing ever, but that was what parenting was designed to do was designed to mold. And now I think that dynamic and that paradigm is really shifting it's so exciting. And so yeah. people can kind of like feel that bubbling up in them and they're ready to dive in. Ah, it's awesome. Just yeah, no, everything's totally right shifting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you, Cole, so much for coming on. I have all of Cole's links down below in the show notes. Don't be shy. Go say hi. Yes, and please. thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of Not Your Mama's Podcast. And I will see you in the next one. Bye, guys. 
Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Not Your Mama's Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We really appreciate it, and we'll see you in the next one.